Hello, halflings. It is I, your... Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Our very neighborhood resident DM, Jeremy here, to tell you that we just launched a new series of Three Black Halflings actual play, in case you hadn't heard. It's a whole new 20-episode season of Wagadu actual play. This one's called Tales of Wagadu, The Curse of the Spider Queen. It's a brand new adventure set decades after the end of our first Wagadu series, The Cub and the Caterpillar. Uh, so if you are a new fan who has not listened to that series, you can jump into this one. You'll get just as much out of it. And if you are an old fan who has listened to The Cub and the Caterpillar, stay tuned for some interesting references, developments, maybe even a cameo or two of an NPC or otherwise. It's a fun, fun time. The first episode features me as DM and, of course, our own Liv Kennedy and newcomer Shamadi Bundel as players, both of them playing incredibly engaging, immediately fun, and adorable characters in uh, a thoroughly entertaining, sometimes very fun, sometimes harrowing adventure. And that's not all I have to announce, everyone. Alan Cudicio, I have it from the man himself, the man behind the Wagadu Chronicles, has told me that the Wagadu team will be launching their Alpha 2 for the Wagadu Chronicles MMORPG in September, and that all role players and Wagadu lovers are welcome to apply. I know I've already applied. So the rest of y'all gotta get on this. This is the Wagadu Chronicles, the whole reason we're here talking about this right now. They even got Unati to do the trailer. Oh, Wagadu team is fantastic. So go check out the Wagadu Alpha 2 and Tales of Wagadu, The Curse of the Spider Queen today. Stay hungry, halflings. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello, halflings! (laughs) Father Halfling! It's me! It's me! Uh, Your very good halfling friend, Jeremy Cobb. But Ganonbort calls me Cobbert Pattinson. (laughs) And I am joined today by... Hi, my name is Olivia Kennedy, but you can call me Liv. This is much... I was was going to... I was gonna do the hoo hoo but then I was like too busy thinking about Cobbett Panson and then it all went to it all derailed. So uh, hi. <laughs> and then oh. I tried to shoot Kevin Costner. <laughs> this is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. Full prince vibe. Woof. <laughs> this makes them even more black. It does have an alligator with a pistol in it though. The brand new On a nat 20. No! My name is Blam Jam. That's disgusting and I love it. <laughs> We're about to get into something real big now. 
Hello, it's good to see you again. <laughs> it's good to see you too. Yeah. It has been a long time mm-hmm. since we have recorded any three black halflings caught, and since we've interacted, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's been a long a time while. since we've seen each other. I've, I've kind of like um, turned, I've achieved my full, full like turtle form, and uh, my head has been firmly inside the shell for a little while. But I'm back, baby. Pop my head up. Back, hello. Mm. We are totally pro turtle here, Thank and you. turtle and tortoise. Turtle, tortoise, turtle, Yeah, yeah. As a quick side note, by the way, I didn't know what a terrapin was oh. until, like, apparently, are terrapins pretty common pets in the UK? Apparently, yeah. Like, I've never had a terrapin, but like, I know a lot of people who've been like, oh, yes, my terrapin, blah blah. blah. Yeah, yeah. I had never heard of a terrapin. It's just it like wasn't until a mini till, right? It's a mini guy. Yeah, it's just another kind of, yeah. uh, you know, I'm going to look it up because I'm okay. pretty sure turtle might actually be similar to like dog might be a word that applies to a category uh, uh, of creatures because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure dog can also can like refer to all the canids. I might be wrong on that, mm-hmm. but I think it kind of can. I mean, obviously the word like there's the dog family. Essentially. Yeah, I mean, uh, would you refer to like a see. wolf as a dog or like I, I, like a wild dog? Uh, like a that that makes sense or like a. A laughing dog could be a hyena. I've gone off the rails again. I don't know. <laughs> uh, hyenas are actually closer to cats genetically. Really? And to dogs. Yeah, they're. I think they're the family feel a day. Oh. Um, but the or maybe the order. I don't know. But mm. anyway, turtle, as it turns out, mm. is an order of reptiles oh. known as testudines or testudines ah, yes. or testudines. The uh, order of reptiles. That includes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, it includes. Instead, in, in, in addition to stuff that's actually referred to as turtles, there are also tortoises and terrapins. Oh, the more you know. You know what? Yeah. The more you know about um, this, the more you know about the upcoming new edition of, of D&D. One hey. D&D. Yeah. D&D, oops, all turtles. <laughs> oops, all turtles. Oops, all turtles. Um, I, oops, all turtles. <laughs> the ne- next actual play campaign. Ooh, oops, all turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Every race is just a turtle yep. wearing a piece of like clothing that makes them look like there's turtles with like prosthetic elf ears. Oh. Uh, you have turtles with like little orc tusks <laughs> uh, and turtles with big halfling feet. Oh. And like all the different. What are you doing? <laughs> I love that for them. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, Jeremy, what, yeah. We, what are we chatting about? Well, Liv, uh, this has been at the time of recording. Mm-hmm. We are recording this the week that both Spelljammer mm-hmm. and the big D and D, I guess the Wizards Pronou- Presents event, yeah. occurred. I, I thought they would have spaced them out a little bit more, honestly. But no. Give no. it a week. Give it a second. Give yeah, it a just, week. Just let me. Just let me like take it all in, please, wizards. Goodness sake. Um, we but, had two days I yeah. think, between the release <laughs> of from Spelljammer to this, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. this is as big as as big a deal as Spelljammer is. This is seismic. Yeah, this trumps it. I would say for sure. Um, <laughs> it's not even close. Yeah, uh, it's so big. In fact, we're gonna have to do two episodes on this. So <laughs> if you are here specifically for the talk about the new UA released in One D and D, that is not this episode. However. Mm-hmm. You should still stick around because we're going to be talking about all the other things that were announced. And honestly, those other things are in many ways every bit as impactful or have the potential to be every bit as impactful in the long run on the game of D&D mm-hmm. as the specifics of the one D&D UA that has been mm-hmm. released. 
Uh, but th- for those of you who have not been knee deep in TTRPG Twitter or don't mm-hmm. go on any like TTRPG discords or subreddits, uh, basically Wizards of the Coast had a huge event mm-hmm. in which they announced a bunch of upcoming things for both Magic the Gathering and D&D. It was wild. Ginny D was there. Oh. Shout out to Ginny D. Post Malone was in, Post Malone <laughs> was in a commercial. <laughs> also, apologies if you hear my dog in the background. Please ignore it. But yeah, Post Malone was there. <laughs> yes. I'd Look, it's possible that Post Malone is actually like a big time Magic the Gathering player and actually legitimately likes the game. And if that's the case, I think it's really cool that they had him. But it felt weird in the moment. Like they did, there was, I don't recall in the whole video that they filled with him, him ever saying like, look, I've been playing magic for blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I, I my friends love to get, <laughs> yeah, it was just like, you know, sometimes when you're with your friends and you like to make fun of each other and tease each other, it's all love, man. And it was all like, what? This- Mr. Malone. Okay, <laughs> yes, but <laughs> this feels really weird in the context. Mm-hmm. It feels like we just tried to get somebody famous to be in our Magic the Gathering ad. Little and bit. Post Malone was available. With it, without further ado, should we dive into the actual specifics of what they were what they announced for D&D? I think we should. Yeah, I think we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, cool. let's Let's get this. This what I would say is probably the smallest thing out of the way. Mm-hmm. First, they announced five whole new books coming out next year. Yeah. Uh, the first one is Keys from the Golden Vault, which mm-hmm. is an anthology of short heist adventures. Uh, Bigby presents Glory of the Giants, uh, which is basically the giants version of Fisben's Treasury of Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, the Book of Many Things. Which mm-hmm. is a basically a bunch of new lore, materials, etc., all connected in some way to the deck of many things. Yeah. Which is an interesting theme. Yeah. I, have to say. I mean, the deck of many things is something that I've always been like, oh, gotta get my hands on that in my campaign. And then Oh, actually I did recently. Yeah. My <laughs> one of my my characters has got the deck of many things. Uh so <gasps> achieved. Goal achieved. Oh. She hasn't done anything with it achieved. yet. But yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm interested in that. Yeah. I hope that they will release some like variant decks that deal mm. with like diff- like it's like a di- you know a thematic like oh this deck all has to do with I don't know uh, I was gonna say farting I don't know why <laughs> farting is the deck <laughs> yeah you start fart farting deck. out gold you start farting out fire mm-hmm. uh, you can you fly fart with out your farts an abyss that you get sucked into <laughs> and then. <laughs> Yeah, you fart a rift in the in the <laughs> dimensional rift, and you just get sucked out into the astral plane. You fart uh, out a wish spell. Yeah, several things like that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. they're also releasing a fi- Fandelver campaign, which is an expansion of the of yeah. the Lost Minds of Fandelver, which is for those of you who aren't familiar, it's I believe the first adventure published for fifth edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think that's correct. Um, yeah. yeah. So I wonder how they're planning on expanding that, like. Uh, I mean, uh, from what I've heard, because I haven't played Fandelva, I've heard that it's... Uh, oh, he's got... Biscuit has once again intruded. Biscuit! <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's a little puppy. He's a little boy. He's a little puppy. I'm so sorry. In like a year from now, he won't be doing anything. And you'll be like, oh, remember when Biscuit used to be getting up to hijinks? What? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For those of you who are not aware, I don't know if we talked about it on this show that uh that Liv just got a dog recently Liv and chloe just got a dog named biscuit he's a he's an italian greyhound he's small and he shivers and he's he's cute 
He's basically just an elongated little doggy skeleton with skin on it. Oh no, what happened? He what? Oh no, I can't even hear. It lives on the other side of the room now, but it sounds like it's bad. Oh no. Liv is is not visible on camera right now. So whatever it is, it's severe. Liv has had to vanish from view. Oh no. Uh, I think what happened is that Biscuit found the deck of many things, <laughs> but specifically the fart deck. And it's just farting dimensional rifts all over Liv's house. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. Oh my god. Gotcha. I got, okay. I got him. What was he doing? Why'd you have to go and collect him? <laughs> oh my god. One second. One second. You, you gotta stay here. You gotta chill out. Oh, <laughs> uh, what was he doing back there? He was um, running very fast because he is a tiny little greyhound. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was running so fast and he was going underneath all of the chairs and the tables. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm okay. Was it creating too much noise? It was creating a lot, a fair amount of noise. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. And he was getting his hands on stuff that he should not have. Uh, um. Let's try again. I'm so disheveled. <laughs> I think we got to keep this energy. Uh, no! <laughs> Jeremy, please! Uh, okay, uh, right. Fandelver, yes, you what were, I've heard... Mind, Lost Minds of Fandelver, you said you haven't played it, but you have heard... I have heard that... Yes, that people don't have a great time playing it. It's what I've heard. Mm. Um, yeah. Yes. I've played it. And oh. did not have a great time. Okay, uh, well. <laughs> but also, and I, I I, do think a lot of that is the fact that it's just like, it's it's a pretty generic campaign, mm -hmm. if you're asking me. Uh, the They actually started, that was, uh, for those of you who have, who have listened to The Adventure Zone, yes. specifically their, their first season uh, or arc the of The Adventure Balance Zone, arc. Balance, they start out playing Lost Minds of Fandelver mm -hmm. before basically just skipping ahead to the end of the campaign. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> it's very funny. It's like, yeah, Griffin is just kind of like, yeah, cool. So I'm going to go off the rails um, with my own thing. And yeah, yeah well, literally the players did. were like, we don't care about this. Can we just skip it? He's like, yeah, sure. And they skip to the end. <laughs> and then the whole campaign builds out of that, uh, mm -hmm. which honestly is not that far removed from what happened when we played it, where we mm -hmm. were so tired by the time we got to the end of the campaign <laughs> that the DM uh, shout out to the DM. Uh, this was a good move on your part. Was just like, yeah, rather than just doing a really elaborate like dungeon crawl and stuff, you just mm -hmm. go in there and fight all the bad guys. They're all nice. just there, and you just fight them. And we were yeah. like, yes, they're all convened in one place, ready. Yeah. Like, ah, so you've come, adventurer. <laughs> We've been waiting. <laughs> yeah, we were. Well, we, we were just worn out of this campaign. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there are worse campaigns, but yeah it'll be interesting to see if they update it it sounds like they're like drastically expanding it to like a much longer mm -hmm. campaign because the original one i think is for levels one through five okay. so i'm guessing this may go well beyond that i've heard somewhere that they might be going to level 20 but i'm not sure if that's Ooh. actually the case because that's a Actually, big book. 
Um, yeah, that is, <laughs> that is a big book. Like um, f- the recent ones, like uh, I believe that Spelljammer, uh, Light of Seraxis, and I and I, I'm pretty sure the one that came with like the Fey, um, Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Wild Beyond the yeah, thank you. Uh, go up to like level seven, I think. Uh, mm. So that that would be wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not all. There's also mm. Planescape that they're releasing. Yeah, Planescape, which is a classic D&D setting that we've talked a little bit about, but we'll mm-hmm. talk about uh, more in depth in future. Uh, but next year, got some got some interesting books. Some stuff. What yeah. are, are there, were there any of those that really jumped out at you? Um, I would be interested to find out more about the giants. Um, like, especially, I, I guess, if they're planning on like really making the giants like a proper playable race like because obviously like you have like the goliath and um that kind of thing but there are so many like enemies that you can play and they're all different kind of uh, not play that you can fight and they're all very different varieties of giants and i'm like i i would like to play a big giant friend actually so i mean Hmm. i i would definitely be interested in that yeah what about you Hmm. jeremy um, I would, I'm the same in that I, I really enjoyed Fisben's Treasury of Dragons and mm. I liked all the new options that it, in lore that it brought to the dragons. Yeah. Uh, it coincided with the Udrako setting that Jasper and I were creating at the time, which was a yeah. great help. But also I think, it, yeah, I think there's some cool stuff to be developed around dragon or giants. That is, I wonder, I don't, I, I suspect they won't have us have playable giants, but Maybe I'm wondering not. if like fear and Goliaths will get like a more similar to what the dragonborn, the treatment that the dragonborn got, which is yeah. dragonborn became just a much better and more viable race mm. and more interesting race in that in Fizbins. Yeah. With I'm wondering if they'll do similar yeah. things. Yeah. For the Goliaths and the, and I'd the be happy with that. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and maybe some more giant subclasses. Yes. I would like that. Yeah. Because I so. we already have the Rune Knight, but I think they just released the, the giant barbarian. Oh, yeah. Ooh. That UA. Remember the giant. There was like the, I forget what all of them were, but there was like a Rune Keeper wizard. Mm-hmm. There was, I think, some kind of like druid where you could, that was themed along those lines. Mm-hmm. And then there was a, a, a barbarian that was like you could turn into a giant or something like that. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. No, I think I think somebody I played with played that recently. It's kind of like, yeah, uh, like it's when you rage, you enlarge. Yeah, like yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's that is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that one's exciting. I'm interested to see Planescape for sure. I think that mm-hmm. one will be cool. Uh, and then just generally interested in the book of many things. That oh, sounds yeah, like sure. I'm yeah, that's one of those ones where I'm like, okay, I don't know where you're going with it, but it sounds like it could be cool. Yeah. No, I mean, look, I, I, a lot of people, I, I guess they're picking up on the fact that like a lot of players are obsessed with the deck of many things, myself included. I just love the gamble. I think it's great. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I would love to find out more about that. Uh, well, that that uh, speaking of, uh, well, finding out more, this is a terrible segue. I'm calling it out. It's a terrible segue <laughs> on my part. I like it. Do it. <laughs> the next year, speaking of finding out more, let's <laughs> find out what else they released <laughs> or announced rather. Uh-huh. Uh, the next thing, which mm-hmm. I think is possibly the second biggest announcement of mm-hmm. the 
it has potential to be the second biggest announcement after D one after one D and D D and D digital. D&D yes. Digital is a virtual tabletop that uses the Unreal Engine. Yeah. Uh, th- this is, it looks similar to Tailspire. Uh, Liv, have you been watching those recent seasons of Dimension 20 at all? Um, I have. I'm, I'm still quite behind, actually. No, 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 no. I haven't. Have they been uh, okay. using it? Okay, so you like may that? not have seen. I think they started mm-hmm. using it with the Seven. And then they oh. continued using it with like Starstruck Odyssey. Uh, Tailspire is basically like a virtual tabletop where you can create whole maps and have mm-hmm. like your Hero Forge minis in them and like move or, cool. move around cinematically. And it's really, really cool. Yeah. And they've been using it on Dimension 20. I need to uh, take a look at that. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this looks like it's kind of a, it's similar to that, except this uses a tilt shift camera angle. Liv, mm. do you know what that means? Because I'm, you know more, I feel like, about video <laughs> games and so forth is, than I do. Tilt shift. I only have a vague idea. Uh, I assume, is that like a click and drag kind of thing? Like a click and tilt? Like, is that what it means? I, maybe I don't maybe. know anything about video My games. My understanding was that it might be like you're, you're, the camera's in a fixed position and you're like able to turn to look at other areas of the board because apparently it's trying to simulate an actual tabletop D&D game. Yeah. Well, it says here that tilt shift photography is a creative and unique type of photography in which the camera is manipulated so that life a life-size location or subject looks like a miniature scale model. Um so hmm. that doesn't really give me anything. <laughs> so I apologize yeah. for saying it. Um but but yeah, I guess it's just kind of I appreciate of... that you said it, Liv. Uh, thank you so thank much. You for bringing thank you for bringing more information that sadly didn't <laughs> illuminate anything else. For sadly, us. it didn't uh, it didn't give us anything, but thank you for trying. Uh like <laughs> um, I respect the hustle. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm just so eager to please. Like, oh, I can find out for you, Jeremy. Please. Uh, <laughs> give me Those a moment. You, you didn't see, but Liv literally jumped into the air when she really oh! said that and <laughs> held up one little arm. Oh, I can help you. <laughs> and then ran off and found it. Okay, but it's okay. I've, I've Googled again. This HeadGum podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Ah. <sighs> 
The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Um, it's <laughs> it does say here, it's a process that makes a location seem like a miniature model. Okay, so maybe it yeah. actually is like you can explore the whole, maybe it's like meant to be immersive. I guess. So it's like... You can explore this whole space from the yeah. perspective of your miniatures. Uh, they, yeah. the essentially uh, to expand it a little bit more. Um, the biggest part for me of all of this is the mm-hmm. fact that future books will have digital assets. Yeah, that it, and in the form of like maps and monsters Mm -hmm. and like potentially items all in digital form that if you purchase those campaigns you can then use and like take out of the context of that campaign Mm -hmm. and use to create your own maps and dungeons and encounters that is really really cool i love that like yeah i I mean i really hope that they kind of use that to like uh use that to like add value to what we're already being given instead of like hiking up the prices but uh, Mm. unless unless they're like going to offer like a digital version and a normal version i suppose but still i think that's kind of game changing i'm i'm really excited about that yeah for sure yeah they said it they said they were trying to help out all of the lazy dms that was what they said they, yeah. said they were like we're all lazy dms and this is a way to help out all of the lazy dms with you don't maps. know me wizards but also yeah kind of uh you do uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no i, I think not just like like lazy might not be it i think kind of for me personally i've got a lot of kind of like willingness to like want to dm for my friends and stuff like that but i don't physically have the time or the energy Mm -hmm. to really do it so like this could be a real step up for like people like me like maybe if you have adhd you know and you're like Mm -hmm. you need a little bit of help when it comes to like setting up to make things a bit better for your for your players you know like this could be yeah. could be pretty game changing for for us. So, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to Angie for sponsoring this Headgum podcast. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Indeed. So, if you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now. All you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Yeah, doing stuff yourself seems fun, but then you actually get to, you know, solving a problem and you realize that mm-hmm. you can create 10 more problems and then you probably should have just paid a yeah. a professional to deal with it right off the bat. You can easily injure and or maim yourself as well. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. You just get the app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. It's very convenient. It sure is, folks, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. So download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Thank you, Angie. Angie.com. Thank you. 
Today, we're here with a sponsor for your bouncing bundle of joy. No, we're not talking about a baby, we're talking about your baby makers. That's right, today's show is brought to you by Manscaped. But just like your babies, your little guys have very sensitive skin and deserve products that are not only skin safe, but made with safe ingredients. That's where Manscaped's Platinum Package comes in. From razors to shower care, this package goes above the gold standard for your body hair. So treat your beautiful boys to the world's finest toys at manscaped.com and use our code HALFLINGS for 20% off plus free shipping. Personal care goes way above and beyond just your mental health. It also includes your physical health. And let me tell you, having something that is like this that allows you to relatively stress-free groom all areas of your body is absolutely essential. It makes it not only easier, but just generally more enjoyable and less abjectly terrifying. So I would highly recommend getting yourself the Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 as it's a one-stop shop for all of the things that you need to get a good, clean, regular, that's right, regular grooming routine together. It's important. You gotta wash, guys. We gotta take care of ourselves. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HALFLINGS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code HALFLINGS. Use the platinum package because the gold standard is no longer good enough. I completely agree. Like this, this is the kind of thing that's like it's transformative enough that I might even want to start using maps uh, if I end up liking yeah. the tool because it even lets you make custom character minis. <laughs> so it, it's it, it, it sounds like they're effectively horning in on Hero Forge's territory as well yeah. as Tail Spire's territory. Um, I was gonna say that it seems like they are kind of uh, they want as much as possible to like yeah um hero forge take over that a little bit um maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of like um kind of like roll 20 foundry like all of those mm-hmm. things because they know that they know that they can make their own and make it really good because they have the money behind it i i, I don't know like uh, it's it's a shame because i don't want it to make all the other platforms obsolete i doubt it will mm. but like right. But you can see as well that that's something that they are maybe attempting to do. Do you think that's about yes. right? Yeah. Yeah, and I agree. It feels to me like there is no question that D and D has been just hardcore sleeping in, in, on online content for yeah. years. Yep, yep, yep. Like years, mm-hmm. and it feels like they have just woken up this year. It's like the sleeping giant has awoken and mm-hmm. has now is now storming in to try and take over everything. First yeah. things first, they it, it almost feels like they like they straight up just saw D and D Beyond and were like, yeah. "Oh, you've already established a model that works, great, and you have a <laughs> bunch of people that already use you, great." Let's buy that. And Literally, now... we're gonna have it. Um, uh, uh, something that yeah. I point out about the Wizards Pre- Presents trailer is that in like the same few sentences, they refer to D and D Beyond as both an acquisition and family, and I thought it was really funny. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. So it's like, yeah, we know that you you couldn't let D and D Beyond kind of just have that. You were like, yeah, we have to take that for ourselves. Yeah. Um, which which makes it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, but mm-hmm. 
it just makes me worry for other kind of like fan-made things that are really helping out yeah. the community because because yeah. the community knows what they want and like they will find a gap in that market and they will make it work um i just wish that kind of wizards didn't have to take it away from other people and they could just kind of like have the initiative ha, pun not intended hey Way. um Yay. but yeah Way. i i'm yeah i'm wondering if a lot of those games will live on more as like indie uh, indie virtual tabletops. You know what I mean? Mm, like yeah. D&D, I, I highly doubt that D&D Digital is going to have a bunch of assets in there to let you play like uh, uh um uh I can't even remember the name. It's I just know the apocalypse is in it. Mm. The, the the genre mm. of the gay of TTRPGs. The well, powered the by the apocalypse. apocalypse. Powered powered by the apocalypse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I seriously doubt you're going to be able to play a bunch of powered by the apocalypse games on this D&D Digital. Yeah. Uh, whereas you can still play them on platforms like World 20. Like those games are supported. That's true. Uh, yeah, it's not all about, yeah, forgive me for being like, it's all about D&D. It's not true. There are so many other TTRPGs. <laughs> um, well, and yeah. I think what you may see is, I think if Wizards is successful in grabbing a significant portion of the market share, they're trying to basically create a one-stop shop where it's like, oh, you can create your character on D&D Beyond, then import that into D&D Digital, and mm -hmm. you now have your character in physical, and you have you can create a mini of your character yeah, exactly. on D&D Digital. Uh, yeah. And like, like the, the, that really is transformative on a number of levels, because what happens if that becomes so profitable that they stop making as many minis? That's mm -hmm. a whole, like, a huge portion of the hobby that... D&D &D would no longer be really grabbing a big portion of potential. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a toss up really. Like I, yeah. I guess they're kind of I guess only time will tell whether or not it, you know, makes if one is more successful than the other, like having actual mm -hmm. tabletop minis and having uh the minis that you can import into into this into this in the, this online mm -hmm. experience. Um, one is definitely less less time consuming. I think that's fair to say. And one yeah. takes up less space physically. Yeah. So mm -hmm. this is true. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like pretty much like pretty soon it's going to be kind of like, oh, wow, you play at a table. How retro. I like, <laughs> it's going to be like, honestly, though, cyclical again. <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 I miss playing at a table. So I, 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 yeah. I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like it's going to completely overtake that. Hopefully. Anyway. Mm. Well, even yeah. Dimension 20, even though they're playing at a table, everybody has tablets. Everybody has yeah. little tablets upon which they can see their character sheets Same and Tailspire. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if there, if if a lot of games will start to go in that direction where everybody has a device mm. and can be on their device with their character sheet and the map and all the different stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is one thing that, because uh, initially I was like, whoa, if it's so good, maybe we could use it on the show. The thing <laughs> that occurred to me, though, mm -hmm. is... I don't know. They have not announced a means by which fans can create their own assets. Mm. And what makes me, what gave me pause about trying to use it on our show is I don't think D and D would have a lot of assets that would mm -hmm. fit the the settings that we play in. Yeah. If we're yeah, talking about, absolutely. You know, Mavros is all sub-Saharan Africa. Mm -hmm. Like there are not a lot of sub-Saharan mm. Africa, like building assets, for example. 
Mm-hmm. You can make uh, it all in a dungeon underneath sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah, and then <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> the subterranean season of Wagadi. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> We're in the sewers. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> we just spent a whole a whole season in the sewers. Uh, <laughs> I'm being a frog girl. Hello. But even like costumes, outfit mm-hmm. wise, like yeah. it's there are not oh, a lot for, of. Oh yeah, no, absolutely not. Not a wide selection. Weaponry wise, it's questionable, and I mean setting wise also questionable like mm-hmm. how do you make like a savannah or like like a lot of uh, baobab trees are you going to be able to mm-hmm. make baobab trees in this game like, you know what i mean it's very much it's still very eurocentric so while yeah. i think for most campaigns it's going to be really useful i think for for outlaws and obelisks or wagadu or -hmm. city of the black rose i feel like in all three of those cases you're looking at (laughs) non-atypical d or you're looking at atypical D &D settings and Mm -hmm. you're probably not going to have as many uh it's probably not going to it's not going to cater to those kinds of settings as much yeah so it's all going to be about them basic settings and basic bitch settings that we don't care about Yeah, I mean that's and that's honestly less of a knock on D anD D digital and no. more of a a point about the culture of Dungeons and Dragons as a mm-hmm. whole. Uh, yeah. I think that's yeah because look, D anD D digital sounds like a cool idea. It just it sounds does. like it won't be as effect due to the way the game is. It won't be as effective for like uh, atypical settings like that. Yeah, because I mean. Th- fans are constantly and not just us constantly looking for ways to kind of like enhance the setting make things new and shiny and like get keep their players and uh interested and make and dms keeping themselves interested you know to like want to play the game um this might not be super conducive for that but um i guess we'll see maybe they'll surprise us you don't know yeah. How cool would it be if they went back and made m- digital maps for all of the previously released adventures? That would be really like, cool. That'd you can have all cool. the maps from Curse of Strahd, from yeah. Mahas, Mines of Phandelver, from like Curse Ride of with Strahd. the Frost made in Tombs of Annihilation. Curse of Strahd in particular would be crazy because like I looked at a map of Strahd's castle and was like, no. Um, so like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah, we're not going there. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, I like I would love that. That would be fantastic. Yeah, shout yeah. out to the not the lazy DMs, but the, the ADHD DMs in particular. Yeah, or just the busy DMs. I'm busy DMs. Yeah, yeah, or the DMs who don't who aren't like artistically inclined when it comes to like visual mm-hmm. arts and just aren't very good at making molding or painting or drawing, etc. That kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, everyone should have fun settings. Great. <laughs> well, that uh, I think that brings us to the next announcement, mm-hmm. which is that they are now, and this is again also potentially a big deal, big big deal. Mm-hmm. They are going to start trying out the bundling of physical and digital content, mm-hmm. starting with Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen. Uh, let me see when that what one is comes happening. Out. I... Sorry, one second. My TV just came on. Oh God! I'm so oh no! What? Oh my God! Liv's TV is on. <laughs> Why? It's dis- it's disrespectful. It won't even turn off. Oh, Liv managed to get it off. But Liv was like tr- pressing. It looked like Liv was pressing the button, and the d- the TV was refusing to go off. Everything's haunted, Jeremy. I'm so afraid. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Biscuit has, has extended his powers and started turning on appliances. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. 
Um, okay. <laughs> Yes. So the, the uh, Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen <laughs> is coming out in December of this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me see when December. Um, December what? Isn't it coming out in December? I thought it was. It's coming oh. out in is it this December sixth. It'll oh, be okay. released physically on December sixth, uh, but on November twenty second, you can unlock two weeks of early access. I think cool. through pre-ordering it. But essentially, this is you can buy both the physical and digital copies at, as part of a bundle. Uh, this is, in my opinion, it's about it's about time. It's very yeah. much about time, and I hope that this quote unquote experiment is successful mm-hmm. enough for them to develop it much further. They, yeah. uh, I've. I've become gradually more sympathetic to this point of view because as somebody who's just exclusively used D&D Beyond my whole yeah. D&D playing career, uh, I didn't really relate to it. But I can really understand why if you spent potentially hundreds of dollars yeah. on physical books over a 10-year period for this game, for this edition of the game, mm-hmm. it's got to feel like a slap in the face for them to be like, well, too bad we're going yeah. all digital it's too you have to buy the books again uh absolutely it, like i've i've refused um it's only since like um being in uh jobs that allow me to kind of like um have access to dmd beyond that i've been able to use it properly because i've been like there's absolutely no way i have the books i'll be fine <laughs> uh mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah and also it's it would if it weren't it makes it worse for the fact that like D and D Beyond is is so helpful. It's so good. It's so helpful. Mm-hmm. So like I feel like everyone deserves to have a chance to 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 use that. But but yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. I think that th- all future books should have this as an option. Yeah. And I think they should try and implement it somehow with past books, if possible. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Like, there must be a way that you can, like, validate that you've purchased the book and then, like, you know, have it online. Like, I don't see how hard that could really be. But, um, yeah. uh, But, yeah, that would be great. I hope they're able to. Mm. Because that would just. And here's the thing as well. They have made so many sweeping changes with 5e recently, Mm. obviously, with Monsters of the Multiverse, basically invalidating multiple published books. Yeah, they, in my opinion, that book should have been in some way like a free update mm-hmm. or like something that is offered to people who've already pu- purchased. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I know that um, a similar thing happened with like three, the jump from like three uh, third edition to 3.5 that a lot of people were kind of mad about the fact that they were like i've put so much into this hobby and now you've changed it all again um Mm -hmm. so yeah like this isn't it it makes it kind of worse that like this is still within the same edition you know and it's like wait a minute (laughs) you can't just come in and and at the tail end of this edition tell me that the whole edition is wrong why have you done this Mm -hmm. um yeah. Well, so. and it's it's even worse than 3.5 because at least with 3.5 mm-hmm. the books still like everything was on books. Yeah. With this, you have to go on everything's going digital. So if you yeah. bought the physical books, you literally <laughs> can't use the assets that you already purchased in the no. main way of playing the game anymore. No, it's not ideal. No. Uh <laughs> like uh something that's quite funny is that I just literally put out like um a, an explainer 
that explains how to like quickly make a character in D&D 5e. And now I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to just, I'll make that again in a few months, I guess. I'm sure that'll be, yeah, that's fine. Because um, <laughs> it's all changing now, yeah. It's all changing. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I think definitely some kind of retcon system <laughs> where people can kind of retroactively um, get the digital copies copies would be for the best, if possible. Yeah. Yeah. I fully agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, well, I guess that brings us to the next the next big piece of news which is also is probably the biggest thing they've they already teased it with the next uh, the next evolution of D last year coming in 2024 they said it D celebration now we know what that is hmm. it is one D D. one D&D. essentially uh yes one D D is it's one D D. it's all mm-hmm. we only get the one yeah so i've heard like that one D is the placeholder name and that it's going to actually be something else. Which, okay. I, I, that's what I've heard. This may or may not be accurate. I hope it is because I don't like the name One D and D. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's weird. Uh, I don't. I, yeah. It's. I find it hard to say. I find D and D one easier to say than One D and D. One D One D and D One. I don't know why. It may just be where my brain wants to go, but essentially, One D and D, as it's currently being called, is is basically an acknowledgement on the part of the D&D company that 5th edition has been far and away the most popular version of the game. It is also far and away the most accessible version of the game. Mm -hmm. And they said, look, we don't want to lose all of these new players. We don't want to risk another 4th edition collapse. And we Mm -hmm. certainly don't like that's essentially we don't want to lose anybody. We don't want to alienate all of these new fans, many of whom simply are not as much of a fan of the crunch of previous editions that like, I feel like we, it's, we have a different breed of D and D fan these days with different mm-hmm. expectations. Uh, it's not that like, Oh, they're weaker. It's just like you, people have been socialized on a simpler, more straight, straightforward, easy to pick up system. Not that mm-hmm. it's easy to pick up compared to other TTRPGs, but compared to previous editions, mm-hmm. it is definitely easy to pick up. And so they're like, let's just keep that. Then keep the base rules the same and then just change change aspects of it and update it over time and i've i've compared it to windows 10 what microsoft announced with windows 10 which is mm-hmm. we're not coming out with a windows 11 it's just windows 10 now and we'll just keep updating that over mm-hmm. and over and over and making changes to that uh which i, I guess have, means I that have D&D windows 11 <laughs> liars <laughs> <laughs> which i guess mm-hmm. means that dnd beyond is microsoft edge Oh no! I don't know. Maybe they did release <laughs> Windows Eleven. Did they? Oh yeah, they did. Yeah. Holy crap! Didn't. Yeah, liars. Oh. So that oh, so that is like um, you know, a shout out like foreshadowing for what's to come. Um, yeah. Yeah. Apparently. Oopsie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I find that interesting. Um, I, because it's really uh, we. Uh, so for for example, uh we put a video on on one dnd uh, on dicebreaker and we were just kind of struggling even to like name the video because one dnd is so kind of clunky um and i i know that it's it's uh, it, this is not going to be the final name but it would have just been so much easier to be like ah sixth edition like that would have been a lot easier for us that's not the only reason but it, like i'm just saying it just it's it makes it easier to kind of refer to and like nod to and stuff um but uh mm. i'm just wondering how they're gonna frame it 
going forward. Look, I mean, we're going to get more into the changes down the line, but already some of the stuff that they've they they're thinking about implementing is like, oh wow, these are some mm. these are some fundamental changes, yeah, potentially. Yeah, uh, we'll get. I guess we'll get into it more in the future. But like the spell system, I, uh, mm. I, I, I mean, they talked about it in the Dicebreaker video, so I, you probably have already heard about like the fact that they're mm -hmm. changing spell lists potentially yes. to only be three spell lists, mm. which uh, I'll talk about in future. But is a big, potentially a very big change for certain classes. But yeah, like what? There's the question: How long does this last? Legitimately, how long does how long can you keep updating this game? Which is, by the way, D and D or one D and D is supposed to be compatible with all the rest of Fifth Edition. So all previously published adventures should mm. still be playable with this new update. How long does that last? How long can you keep mm. changing fundamental aspects of the game before it's like this is? I don't know how you play the original Lost Minds of Phandelver with these no. chains. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like, I wonder if it's going to be a, a thing where, like, because obviously with, like, the digital copies of everything that, they, that there is on, like, D&D &D Beyond, they could literally go back and, like, make edits and stuff to the original, like, um, adventures. And yeah. that would explain that. But then with the, the book copies that everyone has... How, yeah, how? How are you going to do that? Um, You're going to have to buy the digital copy. <laughs> mm, which you should make retroactively available for everyone. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just kind of mm -hmm. confused. But Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I wonder how long it will be before that becomes this new, this no new editions thing is, is in name only. Mm -hmm. uh, like how many years it manages to last. And how many updates? Because this is another thing. It already looks like some of the changes that they've... Uh, uh, it, it appears that a lot of the changes they've made in Monsters of the Multiverse and so forth are now becoming standardized. So uh, they're, for example, no longer... Uh, well, a lot of um, a lot of abilities are now proficiency bonus times a day. There's mm -hmm. like, you can get a feat as part of your background. They're now trying to yeah, uh, make the background part of the wild. game more robust. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feet level oh. one feet, but now but now feats have levels. They're like eldritch yeah. invocations. That's cool. I do like the fact that feats have levels because once I think we I said this before we started recording, Jeremy, but like the fact that some feats and some like abilities can kind of like stagnate, it kind of sucks. So like yeah, having levels is really exciting. Um mm -hmm. something that uh Maddie pointed out, um, a colleague of mine, is that um they've started doing that with Spelljammer. Um, like the 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 backgrounds and the feats and stuff. Yeah. Um, like they like uh, wait, what what exactly is it actually? I mean, like take the astral away. drifter and the other. Yeah, we actually talked about it in our Spelljammer episode. Oh, you did. Okay. That yeah, and you can also see it. They started doing it. I don't know if it was the first one, but I know that um, Strixhaven was perhaps mm, the first yeah. no like uh notable instance of having backgrounds that are all tied to feats and feats that you can unlock at specific levels as well. Yeah. No, it's 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 funny that they've they've started doing that. Like they yeah, they've definitely like beefed them up quite a bit. So I guess they've just kind of started slipping it in and, you know, yeah. I mean, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And of of course uh race is uh or rather ability scores are now completely unbounded from race and are now mm -hmm. attached to your background 
Yes. Uh, which I think is a, a very solid change. I'm pleased with that change. Yeah, I like it too. I've seen uh, backlash already from people who uh, it's so maddening. Like they're just like, oh, everyone's too sensitive and like everyone has to be the same and be equal and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, mm-hmm. just, just, just shut up. <laughs> just <laughs> leave, leave everyone else alone. Keep, keep your opinions to yourself. Like, yeah. It's, Honestly, like know. everybody's mad on both sides. I, I've seen, mm-hmm. I've seen posts being like, looking at this D, this one D and D stuff. The game got even more racist. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's like, oh my god! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> that kind of stuff literally makes me say, I feel like we were complete when we were saying D and D was racist. We must have been complaining about different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, what yeah, I yeah. was complaining about was <laughs> that when what we've been talking about on the show, at least, is like, oh, the language used to describe these races is yeah. problematic because it harkens back to real world epithets that were thrown thrown at real life groups and is reminiscent of those things in in bad ways or the fact that certain races the idea of being prescriptive with every this every member of this race is automatically better at this Mm -hmm. that's the kind of stuff that we were complaining about and both of those things are being addressed uh so so that's that's pretty cool yeah I don't know how it got more race. It is not fully addressed. Let's be real. It's not yeah. fully addressed. The, mm-hmm. Some of the, there's still some issues with some of the language. Um, like they've made starts with like the, uh, the orcs and stuff. Like for example, like mm-hmm. they're not inherently like savages and will kill your family, you know? So that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, there's still a long way to go. for sure. But like, I don't know how we got more racist. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh God. Uh- <laughs> It seems, it seems to me like an overall improvement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do I want to know? I'm, I'm Do I want to know how we page. got more racist? Uh, oh, God. Um. <laughs> In some cases, and I do kind of... I, I can see where they're coming from. They're arguing... It seems the real bugbear... <laughs> uh, seems to be that... the, the it seems to be primarily the use of the word race. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people are now just saying, look, guys... A lot of these complaints might not exist if you called them species instead of races. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's pretty simple. I, yeah. Or even, lineages or I was going to say even lineage, or... lineages is, is better. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, just the word race sets off alarm bells in my head. Is <laughs> all it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have, like, if we're comparing this to Star Wars... Star Wars has certainly received criticism for the depiction of some of its peoples. I know the 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 Nemoidians, about to say Shatnerians. Wow, uh, the no, yeah, the wow, Nemoidians. I, I don't know uh, what you're from, about, but yes, <laughs> yeah. It was it was. Uh, there's a YouTuber who, uh, well, a YouTube group, uh, Red Letter Media, whose videos I am to this day kind of a fan of, but in the past was a massive, massive fan of. And they did these really notorious, uh, infamous slash just famous. And it, and if you're a fan of video essays, like the video yes. YouTube video essays, honestly some of the single most influential in that entire, the development of that entire genre. Uh, They released these, uh, it started with a 70 minute long review of the Phantom Menace. Uh, The guy did it in character as this homicidal elderly maniac named Harry S. Plinkett. Uh, And it is like simultaneously, look, I'm going to go ahead and say aspects of it have not aged well. For sure, mm-hmm. uh, but what, a lot of what made from it on like five years ago are still are like yeah. very bad. It was from like, two thousand nine. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> not good time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was, it was, so it has a lot of like edgy 2009 style humor. But mm. what made it stand out was the fact that they were actual like filmmakers and film stu- film school graduates making actually incisive uh criticisms of the movies on like a technical level mm-hmm. uh to the extent that watching those reviews kind of t- on some level taught me how to watch movies like looking mm-hmm. when they analyze like there's a scene in the first one where he analyzes the first shot of the very first Star Wars movie from 1977. Mm. And he's like, from a visual standpoint, ignoring the the text crawl that we just have, we know that there's some rebels, we know that there's Empire. When we see this little rebel ship fleeing, being fired on by this gigantic, really, really incredibly long, massive Imperial ship, Mm. we immediately know uh, those little people are the rebels. These big people are the empire. We on a visual level, because especially because the low angle, the phrase he uses is the low angle implies dominance. Uh, <laughs> the way that this ship is looming over us indicates mm-hmm. like how overwhelming the p- power of the empire is. And the length of the ship is like the long reach of the empire. We immediately on a visual level are mm-hmm. told the situation that the rebels, what rebels are facing. And there hasn't been a word of dialogue. Uh, it's a it's a very effective opening. I shot. love analyzing films, Jeremy. I love it. Uh, we should analyze films together. It's great. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they made a joke because they, they there was there were suspicions that the Nemoidians, which are like the green people. Uh, um, Newt Gunray is like the leader of the Trade Federation from the uh, prequels. There were the Nemoidians. There were people thought they may have been named after Leonard Nimoy. So he kept oh. calling them Shatnerians as, as opposed to like with William Shatner I as like a joke. <laughs> and it has sunk into my brain. So now when I think of them, I think uh, of Shatnerian before I think of Nemoidian. But anyway, it. the Nemoidians were criticized for allegedly being a racist like depiction the accents i know a lot of people said sounded like an insulting imitation of like a chinese english accent Mm -hmm. uh obviously the depiction of like wado is like this kind of like middle eastern drunk uh not drunk uh drug dealer or junk dealer rather uh Mm -hmm. type character and then there's obviously the whole controversy surrounding Jar Jar Binks and the Gungans. Uh, so Star Wars has definitely had criticisms for its de- like for racist depictions, mm. but not in the same way that D and D has. No, you know what I no. mean. Mm-hmm. Like no one was like, "Ah, oh, these porgs are problematic," or the Wookies are a mm. problem. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> it's I guess it's an interesting one because when you play D and D, you are stepping into this character role. Um, and I I don't know if you've noticed this. This might just be a me thing. The amount of, of like people I've seen who love the opportunity to uh, like who don't who aren't prejudiced against in real life, but then they love to act more prejudiced against in the game. If that makes sense, like oh like. Uh, are you saying that because I'm this race? Like blah blah blah. I don't know. It just kind of it always kind mm. of sets me on edge slightly because it's like I know we're role playing, um, but it's like you seem way too excited to like put yourself in this position. I don't know. Like it always. Uh, does that make sense? <laughs> like, like they want to be. They want. They want to play a character who discriminates against other people. Who or is they want to play a character against. who is discriminated against. Yeah, like cosplay as as a basically an oppressed racial yes, minority. That's exactly it. Yeah, um, <laughs> which always kind of 
worries me. Like, I don't know. It just kind of, it's, it's a tricky one. So what I'm saying is that like putting yourself in the shoes of a, of a different person entirely bring, it brings a lot of issues to the table. So Mm -hmm. like there's just, there is a lot to consider when you're playing any kind of role playing game, you know? And I think that wizards here are trying to do that. They're trying. And I, and I do appreciate that, you know? Yes. I, yeah, I also agree. I think they've been trying. I think there were a lot of things they could have tried much harder on and could have done a lot better. Uh, I do get the impression that the Wizards of the Coast people are essentially what I would call get out white people, which is to say (laughs) politically liberal and overall for an American standard, at least left leaning, mm. but still with like a lot of unquestioned racial biases. Oh, completely. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. That they're probably pretty blind to. Yeah. And like, still racist but they see themselves as allies and supporters the whole i would have voted for obama a third time like obviously nobody from wizards has said that from what i'm aware but like i get that vibe where they're like we want to make changes and make the game more uh, more accessible but then you hear about the orion black thing where orion had to leave the company because they were just unable to get anything through and it's like well yeah. when you had black voices and people of color uh you didn't listen to them and you i haven't seen you hiring them in high up positions no exactly that like i I, in order to make those changes you can't you can't just be like oh well i'm a an ally that's that's not Mm -hmm. enough you have to have people there to tell you what you're doing right what you're doing wrong people who would have been there to be like hey don't have the hadozi there as subservient to the astral elves uh, (laughs) you know in Spelljammer. like you need people there to tell you that stuff like you can't just be like oh well i would never do anything racist because it's like you know you've got to have you've got to have people there to hold you back you gotta like yeah yeah. i've talked about it on the show the time that i was uh uh, surrounded by a group of again left-leaning overall progressive people but they were all white and i was the only person of color there and uh well, maybe one of two people of color, but I think I was the only person of color. No, in retrospect, I think I was the only one. Um, and I, we were watching a video by a theater company in the UK mm. who does like a lot of site-specific immersive productions. And they were talking about like how great site-specific theater is and immersive theater is and like how allowing the audience to be a participant in the action allows for like a greater level of emotional involvement than, you know, virtually any other style of theater. And they're talking, you know, about how great it is. And they were talking about how their most recent show is a, it's set in an alternate version of world war two where the Nazis have won and Mm. you are part of like a British resistance in Nazi occupied Britain Mm -hmm. to try and bring down the Nazis. And like, you're all, you're like in like some secret compound and stuff trying to like look for clues or something like that. And there's like the fear of discovery. And I asked, because uh, they never mentioned it. I was like, okay, well, if we're following through with the whole, okay, the Nazis have taken over Britain thing, what provisions do they have in place for, for example, physically disabled uh, audience members who mm-hmm. would have been targeted by the Nazis, Jewish audience yeah. members who would have been targeted by the Nazis, or people of color who would have been targeted by the Nazis? Yeah. Like, 
if I'm there, like if I'm going to this, am I playing a white guy? Yeah. In this, in this scenario? Or is it like, oh, like we don't let him go outside because he's such an obvious target and he, of course he would be like if even if i even if black people were allowed to walk around in such a scenario surely they would be the number one suspects for oh, any absolutely. sort of like <laughs> resistance activity i would and be a liability so i'm yeah. like what are what provisions do you have in your setting for this and this was they just showed us like an informational video and i just said it's it's interesting because i didn't see anything about that mm. and they didn't mention anything about that but it seems to kind of defeat the purpose of the immersion if there are certain people who are just naturally excluded from your from mm. your play and my goodness i have never seen such an impressive gymnastic display yeah uh, as all of these white people <laughs> bending over backwards to explain to me how i was nitpicking really? and how i was taking it much too seriously and it's basically just oh. a glorified escape room and all this stuff and i'm like excuse okay. me i i i imagine that they would have been like oh my god you're so, you're you're completely right like oh yeah maybe we should like try and nope okay cool nope and All they right. weren't even the ones who made it. They were just like, they were friends of the people who, <sighs> like, of the people who made it. So That's I, so and funny. I wasn't like, this is a messed up. Like, I wasn't yelling. I literally just like, it seems like this is a bit of a blind spot. It completely is. And also, like, especially if you're, if you're telling a story about, about Nazis, you have, you know, <laughs> like, you, you know, you have to, there are some things that you have to consider. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what about LGBT people? I didn't even mention them. They were targeted by the Nazis. If I, if they... I step foot into that room, <laughs> you're, you're ruined, Liv. I'm you're gone. Ruined. I've been made. <laughs> I know. Abort, abort. <laughs> you're like talking into your like lapel. <laughs> over, over. They're on to me. I'm not sure what gave it away. <laughs> I'm not sure which part of me gave it away, but it was something. <laughs> <laughs> you like so, so you have like wild. a woman on each arm as you're like yeah. walking into the- <laughs> come on girls <laughs> oh uh, but yeah like it was it was that was like one of my close up experiences where i was like oh yeah. okay this whole ally thing has a limit doesn't it yeah <laughs> as soon as i say something that makes you uncomfortable and forces you to question your mm-hmm. own biases suddenly i'm overreacting and nitpicking yeah. and all this stuff i had a pretty positive experience um with that actually because um there was like uh a game i was playing um uh a board game uh and i was like huh there's an aspect of this that kind of comes off a little bit um like uh, racially insensitive to me and then I was like, oh, hey, um, this is a thing. Uh, and then they actually took my advice and they went and they changed it. And they like ran it through a bunch of other people and they came back and they made it better. And it was like, oh, cool. That's really Whoa. great. Right? <laughs> Whoa. Um, I know. It was like actual oh. ally behavior. Yeah. Like actually taking the information that they had been given and being like, yeah, you're right. And then going and changing it and coming back and making it better. Like that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And not like, and not taking it personally. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, that's, this is why though, it's another instance of why it it probably should have come up earlier. And that's why you should have a variety of people looking at your content, whatever it may be. Just like, like include people of color, include like uh, disabled people, include, you know, like, yeah, just include people, you know? Just include people. Mm-hmm. 
It's my advice. Yeah. 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 And listen to them. That's the important thing. That's uh, because Orion Black was technically included, but they weren't (laughs) like they were getting paid, Mm -hmm. uh, but they weren't being listened to. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, not oh, well. Big change. (laughs) (laughs) I take it back. We do not resign ourselves to our sad fate. We can fix this. (laughs) We will fix it. <laughs> That's why this show exists. Exactly. Is to help draw attention to things like this that we can fix. Yeah. Uh wow. Well, thank you so much, Liv, and thank you so much for listening. This has been a this is, it's been wonderful getting to do an episode with you again, Liv. Yeah, no. I've had a blast. Yeah, you're wonderful and uh, everyone's yeah. wonderful. It's nice to be back. And um my puppy eventually went to sleep, everyone. So it's all Aww. good. <laughs> He's in my Aww. arms. He's asleep. So the Biscuit is resting. <laughs> he rests. <laughs> He's cooling off. Yeah. Uh, hopefully one day Jasper will be back when yeah. he is when he has finally moved house and mm. is no longer just uh, submerged in work. So submerged, he works so hard. You know, he works real yeah. hard. Yeah. yeah, and also yeah, big shout out to you, Jeremy, for like gathering the Adve- the Avengers, like smashing it. Like big shout out to you. We love Jeremy, folks. We do love Jeremy Cobb. So yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. Of course. Uh, and shout out to the Avengers themselves for being yes. absolutely fantastic uh, halflings. Uh, oh, we yeah. have determined that, in fact, uh, they are, they are, in there. It's, well, I guess Navarre is a halfling. I think, mm-hmm. uh, I think Joan identifies as a half elf, half halfling. Yeah. So I've been saying elfling. Elfling. Very good. Very yeah. good. It's not the same as Joan's uh, character that, they, that Joan's been playing for years. Is that a thing? I think so. Yeah. I think so. The mm. the rogue Senna, isn't it? Ah, okay. I think. Yeah. I think. Makes I sense. I yeah. But I know that it's it's a, I think it's a rep, uh, representation of the fact that Joan is mixed race and mm. an ex- acknowledgement of both parts of her heritage. Yeah. Love that. So. As another r- mixed race um, person, I get it. And I love that. Thanks, Joan. Yeah. <laughs> There's, in fact, actually, I think in terms, I'd have to ask Navarre to be sure, hmm. but it we may actually have more mixed race halflings than we have non-mixed <gasps> yeah. race halflings. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Look, we're all, we're everything we want to be. That's the beauty of being mixed race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is great. Um, But yeah, thank you so much, Jeremy. This has been a fun discussion and we're going to dive into more 1D&D stuff, right? coming up Mm -hmm. down the line we'll go into the ua we'll talk about the fact that apparently bards and warlocks and sorcerers all have access to the full wizard spell list (laughs) (laughs) that is okay now thinking about it in terms of like actually playing my character i cannot wait for my asshole bard to have access to wizard spells hell yeah Yeah. i am so excited for that (laughs) yeah here with like fireball just like yeah boom (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> like at that point do you just do is, is it like does um the bards uh what is it what's the day the what's the what's the feature they get that lets them take spells from another class's spell list oh is it lore bards no no what? well they all oh, it's magical secrets that's what it is uh, magical secrets because lore bards have more of it but all bards mm-hmm. get it at like okay. level 10 i think lore bards just get it again at level six uh but would that just mean that now you can only take uh spells from the primal or 
divine spell lists. Huh, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. You just expand your horizons to all spell lists. That's too powerful. Well, it already it already was all spell lists, but now it's specifically oh, yeah, either right. the cleric and ranger or the uh or the cleric and paladin or the druid and ranger spell lists. Yeah. That you look at. Hmm. Which is also, by the way, a paladin with guiding bolt and inflict wounds and all of those spells. Ooh. What? A ranger possibly with cone of cold? Oh, God. Like, absolutely what? not. Absolutely not. I mean, number one, fuck cone of cold. I hate it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> like, Valid. I hate it when, it's, when it's done on me, which it always is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 I think that Look, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be. Yeah. It's like if you have access to everything and you want to restrict things back, great. You can do that. But mm. then, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be cool. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be great. Mm. All right. Well, anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Liv, do you have anything you'd like to plug, like yourself or another mm. thing? Sure. I'm over on Twitter. I'm at Does Dark Magic, and you can see me uh, posting memes, posting pictures of my dog. Uh, uh, who has settled down quite nicely. Um, and you can also find me on youtube.com forward slash dicebreaker. We do a bunch more like tabletop stuff and it's great. And um, yeah, that's me. Yeah. 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 And uh, I'm Jeremy Cobb. You've heard me on this show before. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you can find me on Twitter yeah. at Jeremy Cobb one. It's Cobb with dos bes and el numero uno. That's two B's and the number one. Yeah, and you can follow you can follow three black halflings mm. on Twitter at three. That's the number three black halflings. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook. You can find us on uh, on Patreon if you like all that other stuff and you want to support the show. You can follow us on YouTube. Uh, is our is our YouTube page also uh, three YouTube dot com slash three black halflings? It's three black halflings. Yes, if you type three black halflings into. <laughs> Um, the search bar. It should be there. You can see a video of our interview with Carlos Luna, and you can follow us there. And maybe we'll get a URL mm. soon that acti- ac- accurately shows the three black halflings, as URL, <laughs> which will be great. Uh, well, so, so uh, and by the time this comes out, yeah. by the time this comes out, you might be able to see Wagadu on there as well. You may. Ooh, I'm here. Like, wait, do we mention it? But you're. But, we do because this is. It's, it's coming out. You can go watch Tales of Ogadu, The Curse of the Spider Queen lives in it. I'm in it. Yeah, I play Juji. Oh, say that's. I, it's been a while since I've done Juji's voice. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately going back into Juji's. Hello. Hello. Uh, yeah it's a laugh you should go and hang out it's fun and uh, we put a lot of work into it and uh, we think you'll like it so yeah 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 Yeah. alright I think that's just about it everybody so long shire folk so long shire folk it always always sounds like we're kind of choking at the end yeah yeah yeah